Welcome to the Broadcast Storm, episode number 115, What Happened to VTP? everybody, my name is Kevin Wallace, and in this episode of the Broadcast Storm, we're going to talk about the disappearance of a major topic on Cisco's exam blueprints. In the new exams that are coming out February the 24th, and you might be listening to this after February the 24th, but a topic that we've seen for years and years on the exam blueprints is mysteriously absent. And that topic is VTP, the VLAN trunking protocol. And I had a student ask me recently about VTP. They said, hey, you didn't cover it in your master class. How can we even do trunking if we don't have this VLAN trunking protocol? And I thought we should probably talk about it so you can understand what it is because it's no longer in the curriculum. And uh, it's a little dangerous, which is my suspicion as to why Cisco has removed it. Let's talk in this episode about VLAN trunking protocol. And I'll start out by saying that I'm not a fan of the name. VLAN trunking protocol, in my opinion, should be called the VLAN advertisement protocol because it is not doing trunking. It is advertising VLANs between switches. The idea is we can go to one switch, create a VLAN, and instead of having to go to every other switch and manually add that VLAN, we can advertise that VLAN over a trunk. That's where the trunking comes in. We can advertise the VLAN over a trunk to a neighboring switch. It can add it to its VLAN database, and it can forward the advertisement on. It's a VLAN advertisement protocol, really, but it's called VTP, the VLAN trunking protocol. And with VTP, there are three different modes that a switch might run in, typically. We have transparent mode, client mode, and server mode. In a transparent mode, a switch has its own VLAN database. We can add VLANs. We can delete VLANs. But if we're in transparent mode, we're sort of uh, sort of introverted. We're not really talking to our neighbors. We're going to be able to create, delete, modify VLANs on our switch, but we're not going to advertise that out to any of our neighbors. And when we receive an advertisement from a neighboring device, we can forward it on to a downstream or upstream switch, but we're not going to make a change based on that advertisement that we received. So transparent mode is sort of like uh, we're doing our own thing. We don't bother anybody and we don't listen to anybody. So we're really not doing much with VTP in transparent mode. Switches that do take advantage of VTP are going to be usually in either server mode or client mode. In a server mode switch, we can create, delete, modify VLANs and advertise those changes out to neighboring switches. In fact, we can learn advertisements from other switches and update our VLAN database because there can be more than one server in the network. Now, a client mode switch can learn about new VLANs or changes or deletions of VLANs from advertisements by neighboring switches, but we cannot go to a client mode switch and make changes directly on that switch. We'll get an error message if we try to add a VLAN or delete a VLAN or modify a VLAN. We're not allowed to do that on a client mode switch. Now on the surface, all this might seem great. Why would uh, Cisco de-emphasize VTP? Here's my guess, and this is just a guess, but my guess is because there is an inherent danger with VTP and it can be a really big deal. I'll give you a scenario, but before that, let me point out how we determine which switch is authoritative. After all, I said we could have more than one server mode switch. How do we know which switch's database is correct? Well, every time we make an update, we increment a counter on the switch. It's called the configuration revision number. 
I add a VLAN and my configuration revision number was 10. Well, I added the VLAN, now it's 11. I deleted the VLAN, now it's 12. And whenever I make a change like this, that configuration revision number goes throughout our VTP domain. So all the switches in a steady state condition, they should all have the same configuration revision number. So if I go to a switch and do something that increments my revision number, and when I send that advertisement out to my neighboring switches, they update their database based on the advertisement. They update their configuration revision number as well. Well, here's what can happen. Consider this scenario. Let's say that I get a brand new switch and it's got some cool new features I want to play with. So it's sitting at my desk and I'm adding VLANs and deleting and changing VLANs and I'm doing a lot of stuff. But then it comes time I have to put it into production. Now, I don't want to change anything that's in production, so what do I do? I'll set my switch to client mode, and I'll say, all right, I'm in client mode, so I'll just plug into the network, and I will learn about the VLANs that are really in the company network. That could be a catastrophic thing to do. Here's why. Even if a switch is in client mode, it still advertises its VLAN information out, if it has the highest configuration revision number. Let's say that the uh, configuration revision number on the network before I added the switch was a 10, but I've been doing all sorts of things on this switch, just playing with it and adding and deleting just crazy. My number might be a 17. When I plug my client mode switch into the production network, it has the highest configuration revision number, even though it's a client. It's still considered to be the most authoritative source. Even though I cannot go to that switch and add a VLAN or delete a VLAN because it's in client mode, it's got the highest configuration revision number. So it's considered to be the most authoritative source of VLAN information. And it is going to blow away our entire VLAN database on all of our corporate switches. Yikes. My guess is that's why Cisco is de-emphasizing VTP, because if you don't handle it carefully, it can do some catastrophic things to your network, as I just described. How can you safely do it? Well, I want you to make sure you really know what you're doing and you've played with this in a testbed environment before working with it in a production network. But what I will typically do if I need to add a, a new switch into a network, and maybe it's not a new switch, it's a switch that I've done some stuff on, I want to add it into a production network. I want to make sure that I set that configuration revision number back to a zero. It's not enough to even delete the VLAN database. That will not reset the configuration revision number. So how do you reset the configuration revision number to a zero? You set it to transparent mode. So if you want to switch to be in client mode or server mode once it's added to the network, I would first put it in transparent mode because being in transparent mode immediately resets the configuration revision number back down to a zero. Then I could set it to a client or server mode. And uh, I would also, as an extra caution, I would delete the existing VLAN database. I would say delete VLAN.dat that lives in the flash of your switch. And then and only then, after I had reset my configuration revision number to a zero, only then would I add it to a production network. So use it with caution. It can be a time saver for us, but it can do some really bad things if we're not super careful in our handling of VTP. And my guess is because of the potential danger of VTP, that is why it's been de-emphasized in Cisco's upcoming certification tracks. 
Well, hope you've enjoyed this look at VTP. And if you like this, you would love my new monthly membership program. It's called IT Insider. Every month we have a live webcast where I train you like this, but in a live environment on some topic related to Cisco's new tracks or some other IT topic, or we talk about career topics and you know, goal setting and how to ace an IT interview, things like that. It's all about helping you have a fun and rewarding career as an IT professional. And if you'd like to be part of the IT Insider program and receive a monthly live session with me and also get recordings of previous monthly sessions, and we give you bonus training content every month added. For example, after you've been in the program for 30 days, we give you a $197 course on cloud computing. So you get lots and lots of training as part of that program, and you get to join this community called IT Insider Tribe, where you can encourage one another, you can help one another with your own certification pursuits. It's a great community of like-minded IT professionals. And something else we give our IT Insider members is occasionally we'll give you exclusive offers for really big discounts on our flagship products. And again, that's IT Insider. You can go check it out at kwtrain.com slash IT Insider. Again, that's kwtrain.com slash IT Insider. Thanks for joining me, and I look forward to spending time with you again on the next episode of The Broadcast Storm.